And today we're going to be talking about beautiful, loved, and blessed. And uh, I have to admire Prince for not using the Oxford comma. I'm not a fan of the Oxford comma, so he uh, he lists this correctly. There's not a second comma after loved. Um, so given all the things that Prince did to depart from the English language, it's nice to see he's not a fan of the Oxford comma. Uh, from the album 3121, recorded on the 6th of October 2005 at Paisley Park, or at the place in California that had the same number as the album. Um, stuff from around this time is a little bit sketchy uh, Released on the 21st of March 2006 uh, On the track it is Prince and Tamar um, Although it was billed as Tamar featuring Prince When it was released as a promotional single um, And there was an album that was to be released Which we can obviously talk about a little bit more uh, Which was, was originally going to be called Beautiful, Loved and Blessed But was then later retitled Milk and Honey The track is... Uh, five minutes 43 and joining me to talk about today is Erica Thompson. Hello, Erica. Hello. Um, yes. Now, I mean, I discussed a little bit of this the last time that uh, Tamar was featured on a track. Um, and obviously, you know, this is one of those rare instances of Prince recording an entire album for a protege and then that album not getting a proper release, uh, which I feel probably has more to do with Universal than Prince. Um, because obviously she was signed to Universal and Prince, I think he only released 3121 through Universal. Um, and then I think his move to release Planet Earth the next year via newspapers and other means um, kind of put Universal on a little bit of a bad footing with Prince. And they were like, OK, whatever, you know, whatever they were going to do with Prince, they kind of called it all off. Uh, and I have a feeling that probably affected the release of, uh, of Milk and Honey. You know, Tamar getting kind of swept up in the politics of, uh, you know, record labels. Um, you would think Prince would have learned by uh, by that point that you don't go around messing with record labels uh, because, you know, they can they can, I don't know, be a little bit funny uh, in terms of, you know, what they what they put out and, you know, kind of controlling the message a little bit. And, and I think, you know, Prince's kind of rebellion with planet Earth. Um, I, I think the weird thing is that deal worked out really well for Prince. But I think for everyone else associated with Prince at the time, it didn't quite work out as well. You know, Universal weren't happy with the fact that they no longer had kind of exclusive rights. And I don't know, the whole thing kind of fell apart in terms of Prince's Universal deal. Um, the, the upside being that eventually that kind of led to Prince edging towards Warner Brothers. And, you know, it took a few years, but eventually they you know, kind of became his distributors once more. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, just kind of an odd, an odd thing. Um, you know, up until this point, pretty much anybody who, you know, Prince was, you know, within 20 feet of and who was female ended up with an album released. And I don't know, it just it just feels kind of, um, I don't know, just kind of cruel that, that, you know, Tamar recorded this whole album. Prince wrote all the tracks, um, you know, it even had promotional art, you know, obviously this this song was released as a single, as a, you know, kind of forerunner to the album coming out. Um, and then, you know. It just never kind of it never kind of got released. Although I think tracks have kind of leaked out over time. Yeah, I um so I had the fortune of interviewing Tamar and uh, we talked about uh, this 
3121, we talked a little bit about her album and Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed. I don't know much about the politics, really. I just kind of stay on the subject of spirituality uh, when I'm doing these interviews because that's my interest. But I will say that uh, Tamar, and by the way, she's going by Ashley, her first name now, but for the purposes of the podcast, we'll say Tamar, especially because that's how she was billed on the album. But she said she actually wrote a lot of uh, Milk and Honey. You know, Prince contributed, obviously, but... um, Uh, She said, you know, there's a misconception with like a lot of protégés that Prince is writing everything. But on this particular project, she said she did uh, write a lot of it, including uh, Beautiful, Loved and Blessed. I I think obviously that's why Prince, um, you know, when it was released as a single, obviously it's credited the other way around. Instead of Prince being the the main artist, he's he's a featured artist on a track from his own album, which, of course, um, you know, if the album had come out, then that would have been a perfect kind of. Uh, promotional tool but as it is uh, it just ends up being this oddity of Prince being second build on a song from his own album <laughs> although obviously if you listen to the song you know it it is not just like it's it's not just Prince singing on this song you know like it's you know they're basically co-lead vocalists in fact I'd even argue there's a lot more kind of Tamar on this than there is Prince um, you know like he's kind of almost uh, like a, a kind of second like he is on the single he's second build and on the track it feels like he's you know taking just a little bit of a backseat and letting her have like the main kind of lead vocals which when i heard the you know when i bought 3121 you know back in uh in you know like 2006 um or 2000 it was 2006 yeah yes 2006 i confused myself for a moment because this was recorded in 2005 um when i bought it in 2006 obviously i got to this track and not knowing who tamar was i was slightly confused as to what was kind of going on with this track because you know it it's kind of weird to hear prince being second you know fiddle on his own song on an album like it's you know, it's even with stuff like, you know, Arms of Orion or You Got the Look, Prince was still kind of the main vocalist and he was sharing vocals with someone. Whereas in this case, he's kind of, you know, just, I mean, not a background vocalist, but he's certainly, you know, sharing the vocals um, and kind of, you know, giving a lot more of them to Tamar than he would do to other artists. Um, so it was kind of odd when I heard it for the first time, um, you know, because it. I mean, it's just not it's not something that you kind of expect on a Prince album. You don't expect him to suddenly um, be taking a back seat on his own tracks. Like it's just, it's just not a thing that really has ever happened. The pity of the album not being released means that it does turn this into kind of a weird novelty. Um, whereas I, I, you know, I, I feel like um, if the single had done, I mean, the single didn't. I mean, it didn't do a huge amount of business. I mean, it got into the the hip hop R and B airplay charts and got to number twenty five, and it was only there for a few weeks. Then that was it, you know. So, like, if this song had been like, a, you know, a hugely successful single, I think maybe that would have helped with you know the album getting released, and it wouldn't have made this track seem so odd. Yeah, I kind of wanted to jump in on that and ask you about your experience purchasing this album 3121 Darren in the UK because here in the US I bought the CD and there was a little insert inside um like a little square with Tamar's face and it has beautiful loved and blessed which as you mentioned was to be her album title and then on the back of it it says album in stores May 2nd 2006 so I mean obviously that didn't happen but I think at least here in the US for folks who were purchasing the CD, that helped to give a little bit of clarity to, um, you know, who Tamar was at the time. And then also, Darren, I remember there was this promotion where there was supposed to be a golden ticket 
inside a select number of CDs, and I was really disappointed I didn't get the golden ticket. And I forgot what it was um, for. Like, is, was it a trip to Paisley Park or a concert? I can't remember, but I was really disappointed. But that little insert with Tamar and the golden ticket were in select uh, CDs in the U.S. So what was your experience with that? I, I mean, I, the CD copy that I've got, it has, like, the booklet is fixed to the inside cover. There was nothing, there was no space for anything to be put in there without it instantly falling out. So, and I, I mean, I remember it being wrapped in plastic, but other than that, I, I certainly haven't got that insert anywhere. If I'd had that insert, I, I'm almost certain I would have remembered, you know, like getting it as part of the actual packaging. But um, I don't think they bothered putting it. I think by the time it got over here, they obviously, you know, didn't want to have the expense of um, adding those into the packaging. So, um it wasn't it wasn't in the packaging over here, which is probably why I was quite puzzled when I heard this song. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Like it's it literally does. It's it's so it's so weird because it does just sound like a track from an, a different album by a different artist that Prince is on and that's kind of just found its way onto this album. You know, and that is essentially what it is. You know, it's like it. Uh, the weird thing about the song is, uh, you know, obviously the album was you know, originally going to be called Beautiful, Loved and Blessed. And on, on the track listing for, um, you know, uh, Milk and Honey, you have Beautiful, Loved and Blessed. Um, and then you have a reprise of Beautiful, Loved and Blessed, like as the the final kind of track proper. Um, so it's it, obviously this was meant to be a centerpiece of that album. Um, and, it, you know, to me, it's, it's really weird because it always feels like it's, you know, like the 3121, uh, you know, it's not one of my favorite kind of title tracks. I feel it's a little kind of weak because... Um, it just sounds like Prince constantly trying to make 3121 happen. And it's like, no one's buying it, Prince. We're literally, we're just not having that as a thing. Um, but with this, it feels like this is the, you know, this is a title track to an album. Like that's, that's the, what, like kind of how it always hit me. It was like this, this feels like a bigger track than it should be on this album. Like it doesn't just feel like, you know, the eighth or ninth track on an album. It feels like it needs to be kind of like the centerpiece of an album. Um, and obviously that's what it was when it was originally produced. So it's it's kind of funny that that's how it always sounded to me. It was like, you know, this is meant to be the title track, but Prince is insisting on on running thirty one twenty one into the ground um, over and over before before he gave that up like literally the next year and changed his website and you know as he always does. You know he he ha you know he has no he has no attention span. He literally gives up on these things as soon as he's got you know, anyone interested in it. So, I mean, that's how it always sounded to me. This is the weird thing is like, this is one of the kind of, on this album, this is one of those tracks that when you listen, when I listened to it the first time, I just remember it really standing out. Not just because of the, you know, the fact that Tamar had like mostly the lead vocal on it, but just because it sounded like it was bigger than it needed to be for where it was placed in the album. Like it, it felt to me like Prince was making a bigger deal of this song. And it felt like, well, you know, where is this leading? What is this going to turn into? Obviously, it was you know this is meant to be the introduction to a new artist, and that's why Prince has put all this kind of effort into making this song sound so good and so distinctive. It's just because you know this is going to be you know the the, the kind of the centerpiece of a different album, and, and it kind of just ended up like we said, history kind of went a different way on that. So uh, quickly, I'd love to get into some of the backstory and lyrics on this song, according to Tamar. Um, so she um, said that Prince asked her, because she was working on her album at the same time that Prince was working on 3121. And she said Prince asked her to write something deep in meeting. You know, she he didn't give her much direction, but he just said, you know, go deep. And this is what she came up with. And she said Kirk Johnson uh, played a beat 
beat on a drum machine for her for this song, and she really liked it, so she wrote to it. And the theme of the song is really about creation from a spiritual sense. Um, There's a lot of um, references to Genesis in the Bible, and also like man's connection with God. And Tamar um, told me, and I'm quoting here, she said, whether there was an Adam and Eve or not, one thing I do know is the power of God, and God is real. And that's what she wanted to show with her verse. And then uh, with Prince's verse, it's a little bit different, and Tamar said his is a little bit more general. Um, And what really stood out to me in Prince's verse is when he says, a constant battle to stay ahead of the game. Is anybody famous when everybody wants fame? And uh, later on, he also says, if I were to ever write down my life story, I could truly say through all the pain and glory, I was just a piece of clay in need of the potter's hand. So this is kind of a recurring theme with Prince um, in terms of grappling with his fame and the way it shifted over the years in a spiritual framework. Um, I always like to bring up the song Don't Play Me from the Truth album and the lyric where he says, the only fame is the light that comes from God and the joy you get to say his name. So it's just really interesting to kind of listen to Prince talk about his fame and and really placing greater emphasis on his spirituality uh, than fame. Uh, So that's what comes to mind in this song. But overall, it's like it's very inspirational. Um, I've heard people say that they kind of think it's a bland R&B song. And I guess I can see that. And I'm probably biased because I like the lyrics so much and because they are um, so inspirational uh but i really i mean this is one of my favorite tracks on the album because of the lyrical content yeah i feel like i feel like we've had we've got a slight advantage in that you've talked to the person who wrote the song um so (laughs) 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 so normally you know sometimes i'll go through the lyrics and kind of try and figure out what the person meant but i don't have to do that here because uh you've already done the the groundwork for me on that particular one um, but yeah, no, I do. I mean, the thing is, as well, I do kind of love, you know, that whole thing with Prince where he does have this. I mean, the thing that people sometimes underestimate with Prince is he has a nice turn of phrase. Um, so that whole kind of is anybody famous when everyone wants fame? You know, like I, I think that's such a, you know, it's a great line and something that, um, you know, even since since, you know, 2005, you know, when the song was written. Um, I think that has become even more kind of, you know, like when you have the whole thing with the people being famous on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram or, you know, like I I think that sentiment is even, you know, and that's not that's not even including, you know, like reality TV shows, Um, you know, just this this idea that, you know, if everybody is famous, essentially nobody is famous or if all people are chasing is just fame, but they have no reason to be famous. It's that whole of, you know, like, what are they famous for? I would I would guess that maybe when Prince was writing this kind of the person he might have been thinking of would be maybe someone like Paris Hilton, who, you know, essentially is famous for being famous and pretty much nothing else. Um, You know, whereas, whereas, you know, now, I mean, I don't know. There's so, there's so many kind of non non celebrities in this world since this song came out um, that that line is probably kind of e- even more true than it was you know back in two thousand five. But yeah, I mean, I I mean personally, I don't share the same spirituality as Tamar or Prince, um, so some of that stuff doesn't really kind of you know mean that much for me. But I I'm you know I just even though even though you know I I I'm not that religious, I do kind of understand like the the chorus of the you know beautiful loved and blessed. Um, you know, this whole, you know, rescue me from the darkness, you know, in the wilderness, you know, our heart must just confess. Like, I do, I mean, I'm sometimes I hate simple rhymes, but I think the way that it's sung in this song is, you know, it's just, she's got a beautiful voice, you know, Prince has got a beautiful voice, you know. When you're listening to two people who've got such good voices, you know, it's just kind of great to hear that in a song. 
And, you know, sometimes it doesn't really matter what they're singing about. Just the way that they're singing to me is is the thing that kind of sells it, um, you know. And I, I like I mean, I also kind of like this idea that, you know, um, I mean, towards the end where you have this, you know, that's what I am beautiful. I don't mean to put nobody down, you know, uh, that, that I think that kind of sentiment is is kind of I don't know. I, I think more today than ever, the idea that of, of kind of just um, accepting who you are and not trying to elevate yourself by putting other people down, I think is a fairly good sentiment. <laughs> and, you know, I, like, I, I think I think that kind of, you know, it kind of works. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why people would say this is bland, because I, even though the production is quite simple, I still really enjoy, um, you know, this song. And like I said, because I mean, I'm not a huge fan of 3121. I know other people do really kind of like this album. I've said before, I prefer the kind of production of Musicology or Planet Earth um, to this particular album. Um, of, if we're talking about stuff com from kind of like around that time period. Um, and so, like, because this song is basically written for a different album, you know, it's not really written for 3121. Um, I think it stands out just a little, and it, it's maybe one of the tracks that I enjoy a lot more than some of the other stuff that's on this album, um, particularly even the title track. I'm not a huge fan of the title track, and I think when you start the album off with a title track that I'm not a fan of, it makes it hard for me to you know keep listening to the rest of the album because I'm kind of immediately put off on track one. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a few great tracks after that, so it's it kind of picks up, but... Um, this is just one of out, of out of the entire album. This is you know one of uh, one of the songs that I really enjoy, um, and you know if I was gonna give it a number, I would say and I'd say four and a half out of five. Maybe I, I don't know I don't know that I can say five out of five um, because I feel it's just a tiny bit too long. Um, but you know, like I said, you've got you've got kind of two really great voices on here, and it's a nice production, so I don't mind it going on just a little bit too long. But I don't think I'd go. I mean, I'd I'd round it down to a four. And I'd say it's a solid four out of five for me. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I was going to say four out of five as well, even though I really love this song. And, you know, to your point about them both having beautiful voices, also I think their voices complement each other really well. And then I like how they kind of bounce off of each other. Like, you know, they're doing ad-libs. When Prince does his verse, Tamar's kind of ad-libbing. And then when uh, Tamar does her verse, Prince is kind of ad-libbing. And the outro is really funky, too. I mean, like you said, I mean, like I said, people say it's bland, but I don't think that uh, because, I mean, Prince has a great guitar solo in there, even though it's brief. And um, he's just doing some things like instrumentally toward the end that are really interesting to me. So um, I really like it. Uh, four out of five, as I said. And also check out their performance of this on Saturday Night Live. There is still video available online. So uh, catch it while you can. That's where he performed this. And then also Fury. And I've heard people argue that, you know, they like the live version of Fury better than the recorded version. And you might think that way about Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed as well. I did find that uh, the, the, the like the performance of Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed and Fury from Saturday Night Live. But I think someone had had to reverse the image and speed it up by about 1.25 so it didn't get caught and taken down <laughs> so uh <laughs> so you might have to slow it down when you play it on youtube just to kind of get it to sound correct uh but yeah it is it is on there um yeah so i mean prince i mean it's funny because you know that was the you know the saturday night live performance was the first live performance of that and fury um, and then Prince performed it, I think, again in February, and that was it. He never performed the song again, <laughs> which is a pity because, like I said, I feel like if 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 Tamar's career had been 
you know, a bit longer. Maybe she would have been on tour with him. He would have performed this song more, you know, in public. It would have, you know, like, it would have been, like, more of a kind of staple of his live performances. Uh, but because, you know, the album never came out, um, you know, and obviously Prince, you know, by 2007, he's already moved on to planet Earth and, uh, you know, different distribution methods. And he's kind of already moved on from the whole thing. So it's kind of a pity that, you know, she didn't get a chance to kind of perform it with Prince a bit more often. Yeah, I do um, have something yeah. to say about that too, straight from Tamar. Go for it. Um, she said that when they were doing the rehearsals for Saturday Night Live, it was so emotional and spiritually heavy for them that Prince said, you know we can never perform this song again, right? So that's interesting, and I don't know if you've heard this, like at some times, like Prince will make these decisions based on how he's feeling emotionally or spiritually, um, so, so that, I guess, contributed to a reason why he may not have performed it um, after those couple of times in 2006, but um, I just wanted to add that in there that's that's what tamar said about that you know there's songs that i speculated on previously where obviously songs have certain meanings and you know we don't like to kind of uh, try to do too much biography from prince songs but you know there are certain songs that prince has performed and they have certain emotional meanings and he doesn't perform them live after a certain point um usually divorces uh, tend to be the reason for him to not to perform some certain songs after a certain time so and i th i think you know it, it kind of makes sense when you know if he feels that this is you know that was the, that was the reason why he didn't perform it after this i can kind of understand that you know like um also he's got hundreds of songs to perform he can't he can't play every single song every night you know he's he's only had so much time uh to fit all the songs in but yeah you know you if you watch that performance on saturday night live it's a great live performance and, you know, once you've seen that, you're like, well, you know, does, does Prince really need to drain himself emotionally to perform that song every night? You've got to, you know, you've got a copy there. You can watch that whenever you want. You know, <laughs> let's not put it on Prince to have to constantly perform this song. I mean, it's one of the standout songs on this album. And I'd say that this album overall is very kind of uneven in ter from, from my point of view in terms of like the quality of the songs. But, you know, but this is like one of the, the kind of better songs. And it's one of those songs that, you know, the first time you listen to the album... You know, it's one of those songs where I'm like, you know, first of all, what's going on? Why, you know? And then, but then after that, it's like, it's it's one of those songs where you kind of want to go back and just listen to it again, just to kind of, you know, fully take it in after the kind of initial shock. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like we said about as much as we can about Beautiful London Bless, so... Uh, let's move on to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Erica? Absolutely. Before I do that, no one listened to Darren. 3121 is an excellent album. The title track is awesome. The groove is sick. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. But um, you can find me at a purpledayindecember.com, especially if you want to uh, read more from my interview with Tamar. Also, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Miss. Um, M-I-S-S underscore E Thompson E-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast or you can email us not sure why you would at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com Thanks once more for being my guest here Erica Thank you And otherwise Goodbye